dream that one day, no matter how long it may take us, as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures. And we will accept no outcome but victory. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully. Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. And we hope you enjoy. And we are live. We're live. Episode 24. 24. 24 hours to go. I want to be, be sedated. sedated. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we would have just been doing that all along for every episode. Found yeah. a number lyric. Well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever they say. No, that's this year. Hindsight sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we are broadcasting in a brand new way today, or at least it feels like a brand new way. It we're feels broadcasting. Like home. Yeah, it we're, feels we're, like home. We're broadcasting the exact same way, but we have a new table. Yeah. Your dad did it. Brought to you job. by my dad. Yeah, my dad's freaking cool. Man. Let's let's give him a plug first. Yeah, I mean, it's technically like our first sponsorship. Deal yes, because this was our first sponsorship. We got deal. actual yeah. product from the company. It's custom made too, for us. Custom measured, custom made. It's beautiful. It's it's, it's very uh, industrial chic. So if you're like a person that wants to do the like industrial chic, you know, butcher block table kind of deal. Yeah. Um, my dad. I, the, do the, it cra- for the craftsmanship is in- incredible. So reach out to Kevin, and his dad'll you know, yeah. give you an incredible piece of artwork. I feel like. Oh, it just feels nice, and it smells like 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 freshly cut wood in here. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's up on our Instagram now. You guys should check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. And um, once again, if you need any information in, in reaching Kevin's dad, he'll he'll put you in touch and get you a brand new industrial chic, beautiful wooden table. Gorgeous. Yeah, the, the legs are are metal and they're welded on beautifully. It's it's incredible. And in when he was putting it together, the top onto the to the legs and everything, I was telling Kevin like He's a true like craftsman. Oh, He's, like measuring a million. Yeah, times measuring like, it yeah. over and over. Hey, do you want it off center so the the legs can be closer to the wall? Like, what do you want to do? And do you want this yeah. drill for your your wiring? And it was so cool because it was it was really seeing someone in their own element. And yeah, that's hopefully if if one day people watch us podcast, they'll say yeah. the same thing. Like, hey, you guys are just in your element. But watching your dad in his element was. Remarkable. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. He's an awesome dude. Builds a lot of cool stuff too. Speaking of new additions to Brian's garage studio. Yeah. Our humble home here in West Dundee, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some new additions trying to happen right now. Yeah. To a different, I guess, table, the, the bench of the Supreme court. Yeah. Amy Coney Barrett is the, um, appointee, Delivered by Donald Trump 
Uh, it's his third, correct? It would be his third. Yeah. He had Neil Gorsuch and then Brett Kavanaugh. Right. And this would be his third. And he actually had appointed her to the appellate court as well. So before right. she became a Supreme Court nominee, she moved up to the appellate court right. in the 7th District. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. But, what, do you, what is... So I, I, in all of my, my reading for this and watching videos and stuff like that, has she only been a judge for two years? I think on the appellate court, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Before she, that, she yeah. was a judge. Well, a lot of her experience came from not not being a judge per se. It was a lot of um, classroom work. She was you know, a professor at uh, North, uh, Notre Dame and, and okay. had a lot of experience there. She came from that, in that realm. So a lot of her... Um, experience, quote unquote, experiences from academia. So, okay. which not is not quite always, the same. Yeah, it's not yeah, necessarily not, good bad, or bad. Right. Um, generally, you do see a little bit more experience, but what we've noticed with a lot of Trump appointees is they aren't as experienced in any realm. Um, whether it's you know coming into the cabinet position, like Betsy DeVos, who had. Zero public education experience and is now the Department of Education secretary. Um, you know, Rex Tillerson being the secretary of state, he was just the CEO of Exelon Mobile. So he didn't have like a lot of foreign policy experience per se. Right. So we, we do see that a lot with this Trump administration where, you know, experience isn't the barometer for their hope in terms of success. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it so far? Because I, I know you, I think you've probably been watching more of the hearings than I have. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's been very, very political. Yeah. Obviously, and, and any, you know, Supreme Court hearings would be. But I think the level of politicism uh, happening right now is at an all-time high. And that's for a number of reasons. We talked earlier in podcast prior about how, like, you know, this is pushing pushing a Supreme Court nominee in 2016 – you know, it was an election year and Merrick Garland, it was 240 days out. Right. And they said, nope, not in an election year. So there's a lot of that um, politicization going on with this particular um, nominee. Yeah. I think there's a lot of the polarization that is coming, uh, uh, you know, to a head right now within the Republican Democratic parties, the um, lack of you know, bipartisanship, usually it used to be Supreme Court justices was a relatively easy thing for bipartisanship to just move along. Yeah. It was a process. Right. And should there have been any major issues, like, for instance, with Brett Kavanaugh, they had issues with, uh, you know, sexual assault allegations. But with Gorsuch, there wasn't as much of a fight, right? It yeah. was part of just a process. Yeah. And they wanted to bring up, like, his Hobby Lobby rulings and, and you know, some of the rulings of the past that, you know, they wanted to make sure he wasn't going to be, you know, too too far conservative or too far liberal. Obviously conservative for him, but you don't want it to be a political maneuver, to get Supreme Court justices on a lifetime assignment. Um, so in in general, I, I feel that there's been some very good um, examinations. For instance, like the one we were listening to prior to, to starting up this podcast, uh, listening to Cory Booker, I thought he did a really nice job. Um, Kennedy from Louisiana, I also was making jokes prior. He was one of the Republicans that was just throwing softballs out there. He was like... You know, Justice Barrett, would would you would you lie? And she was like, No. And he's, Are you sure? Yeah, good. 
you got my vote. It was yeah. like, th- yeah. that's it. Like you didn't, he didn't talk about any of her court cases. And what rulings. does lying, what does lying have to do with being a Supreme court? justice? Well, because I know they had talked about like how would she would rule on things and, and whatever. And some people were skeptical of how she was yeah. framing it. And it was almost like, well, are you sure about that? So he was just like, are you lying? No. Okay, good. Like, yeah. It was, it was almost patronizing to yeah. bear it. In my opinion, it was like, of course she's not going to lie. Like yeah. she's, I will say this. She has a certain level of integrity that I did not see in Kavanaugh. Yeah, she, for there's sure. A, there's a level of integrity and composure. Now I disagree with most of her fundamental beliefs, but that doesn't mean I can't find her to be someone that is of, you know, her, her background speaks to her integrity. You know, she's, a family root woman, you know, she has her faith and, and all that. Um, I don't think she's done anything nefarious in nature. Uh, but I do, like I said, I disagree with everything she's ruled on in the way she's ruled. But, or at least from what I've seen. But what I will say is, you know, she's been very composed during this hearing. Oh, yeah. And, and like I alluded to you earlier, you know, Kevin off set a very low bar for being composed in a hearing. Yeah. Once you start crying and shit like that, like it's pretty much you're off the rails. <laughs> um, <laughs> How do you feel about just like in, in general, the fact that they're trying to push this person through? Cause I know there's a, there's a lot of talk out there that like, yeah. um, cause it, you know, the big, and I think this was a gaffe cause Biden said that it was an, un, it was unconstitutional right. for them to do that, which yeah. is completely false. That is absolutely false. And, and I had Merrick Garland been approved right in 2016. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And let's say Gorsuch is the next in line and he gets approved. Mm-hmm. And we'll just say Kavanaugh never happens. And all of a sudden we have Amy, Amy Coney Barrett as the next um, Supreme Court justice nominee. Then I would have totally fine with it. I mean, I, I disagree. Fundamentally, I disagree with her conservative beliefs. I right. think she's very right. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, because we have like we have a spectrum of the rulings on the seventh appellate court, and, right. and I can look at that, and she's very right. But the idea is the Senate is due to confirm, you know, a nominee appointed by the president, right? And that's in the Constitution. So correct. Um, yeah, Biden definitely had a gaffe there. I think what he was speaking to was the idea that, and this is how I feel about it: is in 2016 it didn't play out like that. They didn't, uh, you know, even have the hearings. They could have said, no, we're not confirming him. But they didn't even have the hearings because there were Senate Republicans that said, yes, he would be confirmed. And so it was likely that if he got those hearings, he probably could have been confirmed. Yeah. I mean, I don't I didn't look too much into him just because, like, obviously that got it, it never put a kibosh, happened, yeah, so put a kibosh yeah. on that baby. But, um, yeah, I just I don't necessarily agree with her i think like you said she is well composed um this i guess the struggle i had is because you can look up her rulings Mm -hmm. like you know the way which way she went on on, on certain cases her dissents and all that kind of stuff um and i but i feel like that's the only way to get any information out of her i feel like the Mm -hmm. that this process especially has been very just political and like they're just, you know what I mean? All they're doing is drilling her and all she's doing is like dodging questions. Yeah. I think the trendy statement from her is I can't opine on that because there's, it's, yeah, yeah, there's current litigation being, right. there's current litigation being litigated. That's right. Quote. And, and since her nomination, both justices Alito and Thomas have come out and said, 
you know, a major court case revolving around same-sex marriage and the protections guaranteed uh, those individuals no, you know, uh, discrimination against the LGBTQ uh, community. Well, because they are bringing those up or talking about reversing those protections, you know, I think it's a very important question to, you know, ask a future justice. And she hasn't even alluded to how she would rule, which to me is Booker brought up. And this is why I thought it was a really great line of questioning. He didn't jump into the same sex marriage. He talked about interracial marriage and interracial right. couples and protections against racism. Yeah. And she was very quick to answer like, yeah, no, those should be protected. And then all of a sudden they got to the LGBT. Right. And it was, well, I can't talk about that. Well, you were very open about the races, the racial protections. Right. Why not the same sex? And we know that she comes from a very conservative, um, faith-driven background where that particular faith is against same-sex marriage. Right. So can she separate herself from her faith, not from its morality, yeah, but from from it what it dictates? And and how it it says this is wrong because we have a separation of church and state. And Feinstein, I think it was in 2017, mm-hmm. um, Senator Feinstein had said something along the lines of that you know it 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 speaks loudly within her or something along those lines, and that she would not be when she was being appointed to the appellate court, she would not be able to separate herself from her faith in terms of ruling. Right. The one thing I didn't like about Booker's line of questioning is to. You know, like leading the witnesses when yeah, you're, when you're yeah. in a line of question, yeah. you're leading them to a certain answer. Sure. I think that's exactly what he was doing the entire time. I thought it, he was, because the one thing that's tricky about law, especially, I think, is that they're, they're I, I don't think that the law is always necessarily black and white. I think that there is a shade of gray to it. Yeah. Because there's different circumstances and those different circumstances, right. cast, you know, they, they can change um, the way that you would rule on something. Um, and I think that he was trying too hard to get yes, no answers out of her. And I that could be just, difficult. I think he was just trying to get answers out of her. That's, yeah, I, and that could definitely be the case too. But I feel, because there was a couple of times even where he said, I'm just asking you to answer yes or no. Yeah, because she was doing the whole, I can't opine on this. And he's like, I just need an answer about, can you empathize? That's what it was. It was like no, the empathy She question. was answering that, but she, I think he was, I can't remember where that line of questioning was going exactly, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think you did a solid job. Yeah, I, I think in terms of leading the witness, you're not trying to lead them in a route that they're going to incriminate themselves. So it's not like truly leading a witness. So here it's just like, I want you to understand the, the paradox that you're creating by saying, yes, I will protect discrimination against, you know, racial inequities, right? I can't answer about LGBT. Well, then you are answering because if you're able to answer for one and then not the other, there's an issue. Right. Why couldn't you opine about the racial aspect? So all in all, when it comes to ACB, like uh, Amy Coney Barrett is, is like I said, a very composed individual. That's funny how we immediately, immediately just like turn them into acronyms. Yeah. Well, it's just easy because it's three. Well, and it's a, it's a little bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. Um, and I, I personally always want to say Comey, like James Comey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I always want to be uh, cognizant of that. Um, but when we look at Coney Barrett, 
she was appointed to the Seventh Circuit um, of the Court of Appeals. So that if if you know a lot about the judicial branch, basically when it comes to federal court, you have the federal the federal level, the district level. Right. Then you have the appellate courts, and then right. you have the Supreme Court. Yeah. And the Supreme Court can hear. That, the Supreme Court comes with all the toppings. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they don't hold back. No, they get the they get the you always make the sour cream and tomato yeah. joke. Yeah, it comes with beef, sour cream and cheese. So um, sorry to derail you there. Go ahead, friend. No, so we look at it and the district level hears the majority of the cases. Correct, you know, yeah. so I believe in the state of Illinois, there's three districts, I wanna say. Um and every state has has a couple of districts, whereas there's it's more regionally based for the appellate courts. Yeah. And then when it gets to the uh, highest level, we have the Supreme Court and there's only one. And, you know, the Supreme Court can hear a court case that, you know, was in the district level, ruled a certain way, and through the writ of certiorari, right. they can actually pull that up to Correct. to hear it. Um, they don't have to wait. That, I haven't heard that term since uh, paralegal classes yeah rid yeah. of certiorari yeah, yeah i used to have to that was a really difficult concept for my students to learn when i used to teach the to the constitution mm-hmm. um so anyways the the idea is it would generally move from district to appellate Correct. so like okay we don't like the ruling at the district level we Let's need to appeal. reframe we need to reframe the argument so it, it is essentially a a new but similar case. Yeah, it goes up to the appellate court, and then and at the appellate court, there's no actual trial. It's it's basically a bunch of judges, a panel of judges, mm-hmm. sitting there and deciding, uh, as they say, on the merits, um, whether they sh- they agree with the 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 lower court or not. Yeah, and when we look at the conservatism of the seventh seventh uh, district. You know, I go to the 538 and they've kind of done this analysis, this statistical gathering of where people are in their spectrum. And I thought it was very interesting. Like there are, quote unquote, you know, Republican judges. So they were appointed by a Republican. So obviously they're going to have conservative leanings. And like Judge Ripple on the Seventh Circuit was appointed by a Republican, but he has a very wide spectrum. Right. And his center is, you know, much closer to some of the more liberal justices, the Democrat, quote unquote, Democrat. There are two uh, Democrat appointed justices and Barrett, the kind of the most recent appointee to the appellate of the the second seventh circuit. Barrett is her spectrum is the furthest right. Correct. And she rules right the most. So, yeah. Um, in terms of being a conservative, she is a, and by that you're saying she's ruling, she's, she rules in a less progressive manner. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about, you know, conservative versus liberal, there's certain things that, you know, liberals hold true, conservatives hold true. And in general, that's going to be a lot less overturning of precedent or, or, you know, kind of being in favor of opening up the rights for the people. Right. That is a more liberal view. Did you know that we took a lot of our precedent from um, Britain when we first came here? Parliamentary rule? Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Like a lot of our precedent came from that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's very difficult. I think when we look at Supreme Court cases, something I learned was they have to have a court case brought to them. Correct. They can't just say, yeah, I don't like that law. They can't seek it out, right? Right. So like 
The other big controversy with um, Coney Barrett is the idea that the ACA is under fire. And it's literally going to the be The Affordable hurt. Care Act. Yeah. Sorry, just for anyone who yeah. doesn't. So ACP is going to rule on the ACA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was getting a little yeah. uh, letter, uh, yeah. little lettery with, there. I went with Coney Barrett because I knew I was going to say ACA. And it's also like called Obamacare and all that. But yeah. The there's a court hearing scheduled for the Supreme Court. I believe it's like November 12th. And that's why the Republicans are trying to really Tenth. push. Tenth. Okay. Yeah. They're really trying to push her through. So she will be there to hear the court, the, the, the filings right. going on right. regarding the ACA and how, whether or not it can be stricken down and essentially ruled the whole um, affordable care act could be ruled unconstitutional and therefore it all gets thrown out. They're not just trying to repeal the, like Trump was able to um, repeal the individual mandate. Right. Um, but Which I'm all, okay with. Doesn't bother me that much. Yeah. The, well, not to digress too much. Go, the, sorry, the, go, the, the issue with that for me is that the individual mandate push people towards getting the health insurance, which ideally brings the premiums down saying, hey, we're widening the pool, so the premium should essentially be brought down. You know, insurance, the the larger the pool, the lower the premium. Right. Now, did that happen? No, no, because there was no regulation stipulated to the actual insurance companies, but here nor there. Uh, so Trump was able to roll that back. They've also tried to roll back the pre-existing conditions and failed. So the idea here is to completely eradicate the uh, Affordable Care Act and the biggest issue at hand is that's over 20 million people would lose insurance immediately. Um, so the protections of pre-existing conditions, uh, people that are on their parents' health care and are under the age of 26, stuff like that, that all goes away. Right. And that would be an immediate, uh, an immediate difficulty for people because they would no longer have health insurance. And we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, timing is everything for sure. Um, and I, you know, my thoughts on the Affordable Care Act are, I just, I, I get the idea of it. And I think it's a, a a grand idea, and I think it's very cool. But like, um, I just like my own, my own liberties. You know what I mean? Like, I like to be able to make my own choices. I think where it comes in strong is a lot of people don't make good choices. You know what I mean? And something like health insurance, um, is, you know, I, I, you know what, I'm, I'll share a story from today really quick. Sure. I, cause I, I took a trip to the urgent care today, not for myself, but for someone that I work with. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, what was strange about it and was scary about it. And it was kind of eye opening for me was, I don't think about it. I, I'm lucky enough to have health insurance through my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, you know, you know, basically everybody came to me cause like, I'm like the dad of the group and they're like, yeah. okay, somebody needs to look at her finger. She cut it really bad. Uh, nobody wants to do it. Kevin, you have to do it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I take her over. I go into full dad mode. It's going to be fine. It's no big deal. Come on. We'll take a look. It's hanging by a thread <laughs> of skin. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Just like the, t- you know, when you slice the tip off. Yeah. One of those. And so, um, God, that makes me cringe. <laughs> oh, not me. I just don't care, man. <laughs> but so I'm looking at it. I'm like, like I knew that they couldn't do stitches. You know what I mean? Because just the way that it was sliced off like that, like, yeah. what are you going to do? Like make her finger smaller. Um, <laughs> but when I looked at her and just said, you know what, hon, I think we should probably go to the doctor for this. I said, just so they can at least clean it out and it is bleeding really bad. Yeah. Like, 
let's just go get you checked out. And she's like, I can't go to the doctor. I was like, why not? You know, do you not like doctors? She's like, I don't have insurance. Yeah. I said, oh, fuck, man. Again, time like that, I should be able to share my health insurance. Um, <laughs> we could. If yeah. We nationalized yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, but just like that, that look of fear, like the whole time, I, I had to keep telling her, like, hey, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Like, it happened at work. It'll get taken care of. You know, just don't stress. I said, let's worry about that. And that, like, it was, yeah, like I said, it was very eye-opening for me. It's like I, I, I would, because I know what it's like to not have insurance yeah. and just how scary that is. Not to, and again, now I'm digressing once again. No, now no, we're talking about but this insurance, is important but. because this is why this this appointment is so risky. Do you really think that she would vote to yes. remove it? Yes, she actually voted, or she wrote a piece about I saw, yeah. Justice Roberts and yeah. how he ruled in favor of something being constitutional, and she's like, it's not. Yeah. So the moment a court case is brought, which they have the court case, it's moved right. up the ranks to the Supreme Court level. Yeah. The moment you know she hears that, she can rule in a favor in, in a way that would be favorable to the conservative side of repealing it completely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's gotten to a point in this country where the the cause for going to the hospital or doctor isn't as scary as the actual bill. Oh, yeah, man. And Even like, with insurance, it can be expensive. Right. And that's something that I think people that have insurance like you and I sometimes don't realize. And you and I have also been in positions where we didn't have insurance. So I think we can empathize a little bit better. But... The fact is, 20 million people are going to not have insurance the moment that ruling goes the other right. way. And when that happens, what do you do from there, right? We're also in the middle of a global pandemic, which we talked about. People are losing jobs. Unemployment just skyrocketed again. Pandemic, uh, I'm sorry, uh, coronavirus uh, cases spiked just up, yeah. spiked. And we're heading into a season where... Outdoor seating isn't going to be available in Chicago right. much longer. I mean, they right. might do these tents with heated lamps or whatever. You know, family gatherings aren't going to be barbecues in the backyard. Like, people people have reached a position of pandemic exhaustion, which is something I was reading about and I wanted to talk about with you in the aftermath. So, plug for the aftermath. Yeah, for sure. Um, but this idea of exhaustion has hit, and people are just, they're fucking tired of the whole pandemic. And you Oh, know, yeah. I'm tired of the pandemic. I'm tired of this election cycle. Yeah. I'm tired of people not having health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think that's a big deal. And, you know, we're the richest country in the world. We have some of the best medicine in the world. And people are afraid to go to the doctor because, yeah. not because they're like, I'm afraid of needles. No, they're afraid to go to the doctor because of what happens after. We have the... The highest bankruptcy rate due to medical uh, medical bills in the world. Like, right. that's absurd. It's just absurd. So when we look at these things, this is why it's such a pivotal thing. And I can understand the, um, the political aspects behind this particular hearing because we know how she will probably rule on an ACA hearing. And while she doesn't want to opine on it in front of people, I think there is a certain level of, we know where you're fucking going with this. Yeah. I mean... We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think she's going to make it through. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt. Sure. I think it's funny how people have changed their stories, though, about this too. Because a lot of a lot of the talk at the beginning about her was like, "Oh, she can't. They can't be doing this." And you know, how are the Republicans getting away with doing it? You know, now it's it's switched gears from that. 
I think because a lot of people were really like, well, no, it, it's the president's job to do this. Um, now it's moving to what I think it should be focused on is her character. Um, and I think it's slowly moving towards that direction because, you know, I don't know. We were thinking, Brian, I want to know what you're thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes when I'm thinking, you guys can't see it, and when we do our live stream, <laughs> you can, they you'll can, see. Yeah, they can. You'll see, see me just start staring at the ceiling, and I'm yeah. trying to gather my thoughts. And what I'm doing, I is squint I'm, at Brian when I'm thinking. And, <laughs> um, I'm trying to process not only your point of view, but how others think about it, and why that's important when I frame what I'm going to contest. There is like it was really important that. The Republicans in 20, uh, 2016, I must say 2017, 2016, set this precedent regarding Merrick Garland. And that's a big yeah, issue. Yeah, but precedent has to deal with law mostly. No, you know I, I know, I know. But so here's the other thing. So the Democrats changed the nuclear option, right? So it was right. you needed the supermajority of 60. They moved it down to 51 for the filibuster, right? Yeah. And that's something that they have to live with forever like right. that's the new like you pulled the nuclear option you have to live with it mm -hmm. and it can be used against them well the republicans did the same thing regarding merrick garland and they said you can hold my words against me and what are they doing they are so that's why this is the problem is and i think the reason the narrative is shifting is because it doesn't matter people didn't yeah. people don't want the they're not being held responsible it, so, and, to, and for me it wouldn't matter which side did it you know what i mean it doesn't now i just i I never liked that argument. I never. I, I mean, I get it. Shame on them. But you know what are you gonna do? That's and that's the problem because there's nothing you can do. Well, bitch about it. <laughs> well, n yes. I don't mean that. I'm being no, 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 way. no, no. You, you said like, hey, you can either bitch about it or you can lay down some ultimatums. And what's yeah. the ultimatum that the Democrats are saying? Fine, we can fucking pack the court. Yeah, which I don't like that idea. I don't want to either because and, and, and you know what I think we should move on to this because we're moving up there in time and that's going to be our next talk. Okay, talk, are you okay with that? Is there anything else you want to hit on really quick? Um, the other thing, um, you know, fuck it, Brian. It's our podcast. We'll make it as long as we fucking want. <laughs> you keep talking, kid. Well, you know, the thing is, is we want to be around forty-five minutes because that's what you people usually listen for, and when we get to an hour. And they listen and they love it and they give us feedback. It doesn't turn up as listens yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, so, so here's like, the oh, thing. Shit. Brian and I want to make money off this one day so we <laughs> can day. quit our day jobs. <laughs> Not because we want to make money off of people, but because we just... We want to make money off enjoy. of sponsors. Yeah. We, big we, corporations. Right. Huge. 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 <laughs> but, um, but so, uh, you know, but when you're looking at your analytics, sorry, that took me like way too long to re-fucking collect my thoughts there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, God, I just fucking did it to myself again. So when we're when you're looking at your analytics for your your, your podcasting, we uh, can see how many people start. started it and then how many people actually finished it, and it's fucking absurd because they the way that they run it is like you have to listen to a certain amount of time for it's it like to be considered a full or something. something like that. And so um, I we 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 were looking at the the numbers the other day, and so we're around fifteen hundred downloads now. Yeah, something like which that. is dope. 15, but, but we but, had an additional eight hundred and like eighty eight starts. Um, right, which and, and, and most and the of more, them aren't starts like hell. Oh, three minutes in, yeah, I'm done with these assholes. It's we know you're listening for 35 of the hour, and you get you know stuff to do. That's your drive. So right. we're trying to shorten the long story short, and we just wasted a minute explaining. 
um, we're trying to shorten the, the length of the episode so you can fully listen to it and be good, but it also yeah. improves our metrics. But here nor there. Um, regarding, you know, Amy Coney Barrett, I think the biggest things for me is, you know, the precedent was set in 2016 that, hey, we're not going to vote in an election year for a new an Supreme Court justice. Sent. It was an and, example. And, and the other aspect was they also didn't approve 100 other federal judges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Obama. Right. So it wasn't just the Supreme Court. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. So they didn't approve over 100 justices. They didn't approve the Supreme Court nominee. Um, I think she's very, very ultra conservative, and it was already a conservative Supreme Court, which you know rules five four generally. Now um, uh, Roberts had kind of been that barometer. He was a little conservative leaning, but generally more centrist. So he he had been ruling more towards the quote unquote liberal side lately. Um, so I'm I'm a little nervous for the six to three, uh, the ACA LGBT. Um, are the two biggest things for me yeah. um, regarding you know how she rules and how quickly that can start overturning civil rights for protected people. Yeah, yeah, that's. I I feel like the more I talk with you, mm -hmm. the more I um. I don't, I'm definitely I'm definitely not becoming more liberal. That's yeah. for sure, but. I think a lot on those on those progressive issues, we're in agreement on a lot of things. The only thing that I think we slightly disagree on is probably the ACA. But because I, I listened to you uh -huh. saying, you know, especially when you brought up the examples of all these people losing care, it's, it's so fucking awful. It's like, well, fuck, I can't vote against the ACA. Well, well and so here, here's <laughs> yeah, the cause, thing Because my, my thing is like, I want people to do whatever I want. You know what I mean? Within reason, obviously. I'm talking like, if I want to go buy health insurance, I can go buy health insurance. If I don't want to buy health insurance, fuck it. Uh, you know, if I go to the doctor, looks like I'm going to have to pay a shit ton of money out of my own pocket. Right. I feel like that's, that's my right. Yeah. I can do that. Right. But I feel, I feel really fucking bad for people that can't afford it and have no other health insurance. You know what I mean? Or here's, so there's my, here, there's my dilemma with it. And here's the kicker. Regardless of affordability, right. you can go buy it. Right. Because you don't have diabetes. You're not a woman that's had a pregnancy. Right. Your wife, you know, had she not been employed, might not have that opportunity because right. a pregnant woman, that's technically a prior condition. And that could be a pre existing condition. So that could actually eliminate her from an insurance you know, provider. So, yeah. like, those things are the, the that really get me. So, yes, okay, rights here and there. <clears throat> that's one of the most pivotal aspects of the ACA. And that's why it can't be removed until we have something in place. If the Republicans tomorrow came out with, hey, here's our health plan, and it does pro like protect pre-existing pre yeah. conditions, and it did bring costs down like they've been saying, and, which is absolute shit. They have nothing. But if they had something right. like they claim they do and rolled it out, and here it is. Because I think Trump just said it'll be out next week. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he probably tweeted it out just now. I'll have it tomorrow. I'll have it tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. Biggest, best ever. The best. And, and pre-existing conditions, everything covered. I mean, <laughs> it's the best I've ever seen, and you'll never see better uh, because it's from me. <laughs> so we'll, that's the thing. And, and I think you saw it firsthand today. You saw someone have fear in their eyes, not oh, because yeah. of what had happened, but because they had to go to emergency yeah. care without insurance. Yeah. And that that is something you and I... We didn't have insurance, mm -hmm. but I didn't have to go to the hospital without it. Yeah. And that was the difference. Mm -hmm. So 
I think people are starting to realize as we're in the middle of a global pandemic and 20 million people would lose their insurance tomorrow if they roll back the ACA. But how many more people are going to lose their insurance if they lose their job and then don't have Cobra, the money for Cobra. Cobra is such a fucking sham. Right. Most insurance is. Anyways. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) You brought up the idea of packing the court, which. Well, you brought up the idea of packing the court. Yeah, I was alluding to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think, uh, I'm just going to come right out with it. I don't think the court should be packed. I think it sucks that we're going to have a very um, one-sided Supreme Court for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I, I think. Gorsuch will, I, maybe he can become a voice of region, reason. No, no, you don't think so? No, I mean, not so. And you and I were talking about it before. I have no issue with a very conservative justice. I think it brings balance. You right. want a balanced court. Yeah. And right now it would be 6 3. Yeah. And Gorsuch is very, very conservative in his views, as we saw with his rulings prior to the Supreme Court. Right, the Hobby with Lobby, Hobby Lobby and, yeah. and so on. That was probably the most notable, but there were other examples as well. Um, Amy Coney Barrett is probably even more conservative than him. And that's why when she was the one that um, President Trump nominated, when he said, hey, the justices we put up aren't ruling conservative enough, meaning Kavanaugh and Gorsuch haven't been conservative enough, and she gets nominated as the most conservative justice coming up from the 7th District, all of a sudden, the moment she's announced, Alito and Thomas are saying, yeah, yeah, LGBT rights are back on the table. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And that's the scary thing. So for me, I like the nostalgic part of me, the, hey, we've done this a certain way for so long, really stands out to me. So I hate the idea of packing the court. Yeah. One argument that the Biden campaign, and like you said, there was kind of a gaffe with like, oh, it's unconstitutional. It's not unconstitutional what they're doing. Or what they did, right. per se. Right. But Obama nominated over 100 justices and a Supreme Court justice, and they were able to basically wash those away, and since then have appointed over 200-something justices, and will now have appointed three Supreme Court justices. And at that that's point, that's packing the court a right. certain way. So regardless of this outcome, as we've seen, <clears throat> I think 538 has Biden winning 87 out of 100 times. So essentially an 87% chance of winning. Regardless of the election, the effects of this administration will reverberate throughout history because of the amount of justices at the district, appellate, and Supreme Court level. So I think when we talk about packing the court, like Joe Biden and and Kamala Harris have been very reluctant to answer. Evasive. Yeah, they've been very evasive in answering those questions because – you know, this has become the the Republican drum beat. Like, this is what they're going to attack. Right. Just the same, like, hey, we we have a plan, but we're not going to tell you it until you vote for us. Yeah. Um, Kamala and, and Joe have both been uh, very reluctant to share their views. Although in the past, Biden has been very open about he doesn't like the idea of packing the court. Right. Uh, in the last few weeks, it's kind of changed a little bit because of how this. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett thing has proceeded, right? Which makes sense to me because all of the Republicans said, "Oh, well, the way Kavanaugh was treated, well, our precedent doesn't matter." Well, okay, so go cry like Kavanaugh. Yeah, so fine. You know, Biden and Harris don't have to tell you exactly what they're going to do um, in terms of packing the court. I'm not 
hundred percent for it. Like I said, there's like this nostalgic piece or this idea of like keeping things the way they are for me that I do like. I don't like when we swing the pendulum too far one way or the other, it causes a lot of damage. Well, if we pack the courts now, my big problem is this. If we pack the courts now, mm-hmm. can we add more justices? So then, you know, say Biden and uh, Harris win, they elect probably, you know, depending on how many they add. You would think it would be four because that right. would be seven liberal, six conservative or. Right. Whatever. So then, but then you're at, so you're adding four more liberals. So then again, it, that you're, you're, you're tilted very far one way there and there's, there's very little balance almost. Yeah. So then what's going to happen next time? Okay. So then, you know, a Republican candidate gets uh, elected or hopefully a more centrist or a libertarian candidate gets elected. <laughs> and and then they're just then well okay so well, you I don't set think this you pr- can get more centrist than Joe Biden like he mm-hmm. is very center. The Overton window has shifted so dramatically to the right under the Trump administration, and yeah. it's easier to shift it in a more destructive path than a more progressive like path of like oh we're going to make these radical changes yeah. these quote unquote radical changes that yeah. are for the greater good. It's easier right. to kind of take away yeah. things, which well, is and- what. Right, the window has shifted towards. Yeah, and what? Well, to, and to finish my point too. Yeah. So then they're just gonna they're gonna be like okay, well now I'm gonna throw a couple more people in. Now I'll throw a couple more people in too. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just gonna happen. Next thing you know, we're, we're fucking paying out of our own fucking tax dollars to get a whole <laughs> bunch of new fucking old people to sit on a fucking court, dude. And that's what that and that pisses me off. We have a fucking budget crisis right now. Yeah. We spend way too much fucking money, and now you're telling me you want to add in. Fucking four more employees. Yeah. Fuck that. Well, and at the <laughs> highest pay scale per se, like right. This isn't adding, you know, a bunch of people making forty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, we're talking. What is it? How much does justice make? I think it's in the hundreds. I, so Multiple I think it's hundreds. I think it's closer to like one eighty. Like so, a senator makes one hundred eighty thousand dollars plus expenses. Ooh. Like haircuts and stuff, right? Yeah. Or at least they did <laughs> back when I used to teach government, which was seven years ago and uh, almost eight eight or nine years ago. Shoot. Anyways, uh, but they did they did vote for their own pay raise, I think, two years yeah. ago. So I don't know exactly See, and what that, but, but what I think is cool about that is like they can vote for their own pay raise, but it doesn't take, an effect, take effect until the next group of or the next election, basically. So I was close. The associate justices. Oh my gosh! Dang, in the Supreme Court, the the associate justices make two hundred and fifty eight thousand, with the Supreme Court or the Chief Justice making two hundred and seventy. Hmm. I apologize uh, to all of our listeners right now. We have very nice microphones, and yeah. there are children playing outside of Brian's garage studio right now. Unfortunately, they're not listening to us. <laughs> Go inside and turn on Spotify. It's chilly out. <laughs> it's chilly out. You can catch walking pneumonia. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I, I, I do agree. The idea of packing the court is a little unsettling to me because of, okay, that sets a, pre- a precedent, right? Mm-hmm. Well... Usually only one side upholds the precedent, so the Republicans are going to destroy it either way. At least this current party. Now, I have high hopes, believe it or not, for the Republican Party. I think, and I know everyone listening is like, what the fuck did Brian just say? I want to believe that there can be balance brought back. For me, Joe Biden is very centrist. Very centrist. I 
tilt more towards the Sanders and Warren side of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And I know Trump is very, 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 very right. We could say alt-right. But anyways, I think there is this level that the Republican Party... That was so Party, stupid that you just said that. <laughs> I think the Republican Party could be a balance point. The Mitt Romneys, the Kasichs, who are conservative for my liking, could still be a balance point. Yeah, fair However, enough. However, the current Republican Party, the way it stands with the McConnells and the Grams, the Cruises. Is it bad that I really, I'm, I'm like loving watching Graham lose right now? Well, he's not losing. They're like neck and neck. Yeah. But seeing him, I think he's going to lose his spot. Seeing him beg oh, for yeah. money yeah, yeah, yeah. is like he's groveling for people. Like, yeah. the liberals hate me. Please, you need to give money to my campaign. Yeah. They're, they're pouring in money from outside, and I don't know what to do. You're only getting money from the Koch brothers, dude. Yeah. No one is donating to you. Yeah. But it is still neck and neck. Going back to the Supreme Court, and I'm going to start wrapping up here. I know. I, I understand. <clears throat> You got stuff to do, but here <laughs> with packing the court. Yeah. I'm not definitive one way or the other because I do understand bringing balance to the courts, just like yeah. I'm hopeful for the Republican party to start balancing itself against the democratic party instead of being so crazy, right. And unapologetic in their approach, no bipartisanship, new Greenwich style, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that there's balance there and I'm hopeful that the Democrats can instill some balance back at both the SCOTUS level in the in the federal district and appellate level, like I'm I'm all for that. But in order to do that, because these are lifetime appointments, the only way to bring balance to the SCOTUS is to pack it. And so, I, I understand that argument. So yeah. my thing was when I was talking to you, in my ideal world, you would have five conservative, five liberal, and five centrist judges. And if you know you're swinging those middle five one way or the other. You're actually making a definitive practice like, hey, here it is. Or three centrist or whatever. They're essentially yeah. the tiebreaker because, and yes, then, there should be liberal. And then hire on Brian Kevin. Yeah, there <laughs> will be consultants. Yeah. The, there shouldn't be, quote, unquote, liberal or, quote, unquote, conservative justices, right? They're supposed yeah. to be true to the the. They're supposed to the look at the, the Constitution and decide and whether. Yeah, and that's it. That's all you do. Yeah, and, and we were watching something about the Supreme Court's and old interviews, and someone said, you know, this other judge was like, oh, he said do justice, and the other one said, I don't do justice, I apply the yeah. law. And they asked him, well, what are you? Are you this guy or that guy? And he said, well, hopefully both. Yeah. Hopefully. Who was when that? I, uh, it was black and white, like old school, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't recognize yeah. who it was. Um, but he was a Supreme Court justice. And he said, hopefully I'm both. Hopefully... I apply the law in a way that brings justice. Right. And I was like, that's what we need on the Supreme yeah. Court. Bring that guy back to life. Yes. Assuming he's dead. Yeah. So I'm not very hopeful right now when it comes to the, I've become very hopeful and very um, excited for election night over time as we've seen kind of this polling and, and modeling show that it'll be Biden. Um, but the long-term ramifications of this uh, Amy Coney Barrett appointment is kind of distressing to me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to election night too, Brian. You want to know why? Why is that? I get to spend it with you, my friend, and all of our <laughs> lovely listeners. Yeah, yeah. And just reminding everybody again. So keep your election night open. Yeah. Tuesday, November third. 
Yeah, we'll we'll be we'll doing be the live here live with you. I know Kevin and I will actually be out and about um, on election day. We're still firming up the planes, but we're going to be out and about passing out water bottles because we expect that the voting lines might take some time. Yeah. So we're going to be passing out water bottles, um, you know, out of our own pocket because we want to support people voting no matter how they do it. We yeah. just want to support people. So we're going to be out passing water bottles after we vote um, because we are going to exercise our fundamental rights. And Boom help others do the same. So we'll be out and about. So if you're in the West Dundee, Carpentersville, Gonquin area, you might see us out, say hello. Um, give come us talk, a shout out. Come talk politics with come Brian. Come talk politics and you. And then, uh, you know, continue to support. Keep spreading the word. We're getting more and more listens and, and we love it. Help grow this community because it's not just about politics. It's about discussion. It's about bringing back civil discourse in this country. Yeah. And once again, thank you to my father, Jeff. You're the man. Thank you for this beautiful table. I love this table. Yeah. It smells it smells like wood in the ground. And there's now. pictures up on the Instagram. Yeah. So check that out as well. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we will well, actually, all of our Patreon listeners will see it in a little bit from the aftermath. <laughs> we gotta go get our bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and uh, to everybody else, we will see you guys on Wednesday. Wednesday. Hey guys, it's Kevin. And Brian. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Mad Libs podcast. We really appreciate you guys' uh, time. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. That includes Mad Libs Podcast on Instagram, Mad Libs Podcast on Facebook. And feel free to email us with any comments or questions at madlibspod at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate you listening.